People talk about the environmental situation, the climate as a crisis. Now, different people interpret the word differently, but to me, crisis means something that you go through and eventually return back to the way things were. I'm not sure if other people think of it that way, but that's what the word crisis means to me. Calling it a crisis implies that you think that it's going to come back. People think that scientists will solve something or engineers will create a solution, and one day we'll be able to go back to the, to the way things were before when we could fly around and do things like that. Materially speaking, we will never return to this lifestyle again. Consuming resources, throwing stuff away, materially speaking. In terms of relationships, community, quality of life, oh, we'll far outperform those things. So what I'm talking about, however counterintuitive from the perspective of someone in our culture today, is a tremendous advance. If you value happiness, stewardship, enjoying what you have, and compassion over craving for what you don't have, not caring how you affect others, lack of compassion, we're never going to get back to this. This way of, oh, if I want to go see the Eiffel Tower, I can go fly there. If I want a fresh vegetable 12 months out of the year, I can go to the supermarket. It's always there. This is going to go away. And we're going to be happy about that. However counterintuitive that sounds, if you're in the middle of living the way that we are, which is creating all this mess, within your lifetime, planes will never fly you anywhere without severely hurting others. I mean, that's already the case. But we're going to know that and we are not going to accept it any more that we now accept smoking in a kindergarten or in a hospital. The same with having more than one child, maybe more than two chi children, but we're, gonna, we're overpopulated. Same with eating meat, with eating to being overweight, especially if you're eating factory farmed or industrial farmed food. You know the top things that are affecting the environment. Of course, some rich people will always be able to do what they want because edge cases always exist. But for most people, today's way of life is nearly over. And I repeat, you will be glad after that transition. That's what I think of it as a transition, a shift, an environmental shift, because we're not going to ever get back to this. We're not going through a crisis that we can, we'll eventually get back to, oh, good, now I can fly again, now that the engineers have made solar-powered planes. That's not happening. If there one day might be solar-powered planes, they are not there now. And even if we get that most of the other things that we rely on, all this plastic that's choking the oceans and all the production, that's going to go away if we get through this. Most of these creature comforts, the air conditioning whenever we want, eating all the meat. Actually, I take that back. Not all the things have to go away. Air conditioning can work if you have solar power. Eating meat can work in a sustainable way. So I should really be more clear in the details. But the overall picture is we will not have a lot of the stuff that we have today. And that's not going to be a problem. You will be overjoyed at Well, you're going to look back at horror, at the entitlement that you're going to find sickening. And once it's gone, you're going to enjoy life more because you're going to fill it up with things that are much more rewarding. That's what I'm going to get to later in this conversation. And we're going to like it. You will like it. You'll like that transition for the same reason that cocaine users are glad to kick their habit, even if kicking it meant the end of partying like they used to. Yes, they're not going to be able to party like they used to, and they're going to be glad, as will we. The sooner that we get this shift into our thick skulls, the sooner that we will stop trying to retain what is resulting in opiates and sugar and alcohol and all these other addictions, poverty, dissatisfaction with our communities. Where, what does it do to a community where a large number of people in that community, sometimes everyone in a community, feels like they have to get thousands of miles away several times a year just to cope? I don't believe that ever in human history could we get far away from home without major effort. 
maybe never to return. Now we feel entitled to it. How spoiled have we become? And the result is dispersing what would be, what would be community into, I don't even know what to call the opposite of community. Loneliness? I don't know why we'd be surprised at all the addiction that we see in our culture. Now, I'm familiar with, say, Steven Pinker's work that says that we are living in the best time ever. But I'm not comparing our situation now to a past that includes two world wars dropping atomic bombs on each other. Sure, it doesn't say much to do better than that. I compare it to a future in which we would steward the land, air, and water based on cultural values and practices currently talked about, but not actually practiced by anyone, almost no one. And when we get through our thick skulls and actually practice these values of stewardship, we will replace growth. And growth, what does that mean? It means always wanting more, never content with what you have. We will replace that with enjoying what we have. Plenty of human societies have lasted for far longer than ours. I mean, since the Industrial Revolution, what's that, 300 years? Others have gone hundreds of thousands of years without growth. Whereas ours is destroying the Earth's ability to sustain wildlife and human society in a couple centuries. Only economists removed from regular life don't get this. We'll also have to replace, besides growth, the value and goal of growth, externalizing costs. It's been very profitable for a lot of people for a long time, but it's creating a lot of garbage and a lot of pollution and a lot of poison in our land, air, and water. And replacing externalizing costs. And that, what does that mean? That means dishing off your waste to others generally, who are helpless to defend themselves. And to replace that with stewardship, or taking responsibility for how your behavior affects others. Any parent knows that taking responsibility means that, yes, you can't party and travel like you used to, but the joys and rewards are greater. It's hard to start, but when you say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this baby healthy as a parent, or I'm going to do whatever it takes to live sustainably as the rest of us, or all of us, including parents, You will learn to overcome every challenge that comes, no matter how unprepared you felt before. The bigger the challenge, the greater your feeling of reward. The challenges of environmental stewardship, they're nothing compared to parenthood. And yet, most people do pretty effectively at becoming parents. Today, polluting pollutes not only defenseless people, everybody else, but ourselves. We have filled our world so much with greenhouse gases, garbage, poison, We've filled the world so much with these things that they're, it's like spilling over back onto ourselves. We can't pollute the rest of the world without polluting ourselves now. For a while, we could just throw stuff away and never see it again. But now it's in our own worlds, our own garbage. The result of this shift that I'm talking about to where we steward the land, air, and water, where we, when we consider other people in every action that we do, when we're not seeking growth and craving more and more and more all the time, the result of that shift, should we go through it from growth and craving to enjoying what you have, and from externalizing costs and pollution to stewardship and taking responsibility for how your behavior affects others, will be a world with abundance for all. That means a stable population well below the carrying capacity of the planet. What's the carrying capacity of the planet and why do we want to be below it? I'll put a link to one of my podcast episodes, 135, Why We Want a World Without Growth. And there's also a blog post that I will link to in the text. The title of it is I know what the carrying capacity of the earth is, and you don't want to know it. So I encourage you to read and listen to that. So the result of that shift will be a stable population well below the carrying capacity of the earth. And that means, since we are over the carrying capacity, as far as I know, that for several generations, we'll have on average below two babies per couple globally. Now, does that mean we'll have less love in the world? On the contrary. 
we'll have just as much love between parents and children and among families and so forth, but we'll have fewer children. And our economies will shift to a steady state economy. And this is something that other more enduring and stable cultures have done for longer than we've been around and without the addictions and so forth that we've done. And of course, there will be problems. I'm not saying this is a utopia. There will be wars, but not threatening all of human society or millions of species. And that's the shift that I'm talking about, that we would go for a few generations of having fewer children, have the population naturally go to a level that the earth can sustain with lots of resources for everyone, and then we can live with abundance. Anyway, I wanted to share why I think of the environmental situation as a shift or transition, not a crisis, and why that shift or transition, should we choose to make it, and I, that is what I'm hoping to lead others, hopefully the world, to get to, that we'll be glad we made that transition away from growth and craving, away from externalizing costs and pollution, toward enjoying what you have, toward stewardship, toward community, connection. That's the world I'm looking forward to and hope to help to create.